Hello, and welcome to the Neff Canyon Ward podcast. My name is Tyler Slade, and I'm excited to bring you all the cool people of our neighborhood and ward. The goal of this podcast is for all of us to get to know each other better, to create unity through sharing our experiences with others in the gospel. All right, we are here with the Goldings. How do we pronounce this for sure? Golding? Golding. Yeah, Golding. silent U. Funny U, but it's silent. Okay, so so now we know. we got to get that cleared up, too. Uh, Holly, and we've got, who else? Gary here. I'm here. We've got Tom here, and Dan, of course. And uh, we're in their beautiful home in what we're calling the, the Four Corners of Power, uh, because they've got, name the people around you here in the Four Corners. Uh, you've got, got Jerry next Jerry, door. Jerry. Mm-hmm. Boyd and Doris, Kitty Corner, yeah, and Meg and Bryson, Backdoor. Yeah, so it's Power <laughs> and Corner. And Tom and Sarah. Yeah, Tom and Sarah next door. Well, you got the yeah. bishop right. See, yeah. this is, yeah. how are we going to, but that's not part of the Four Corners, so <laughs> it's not going to work. Oh, I see. It's got to be that. Four Corners <laughs> plus one. The Four Corners one. right yeah. there. Four <laughs> Corners plus one. But thanks for having us. Uh, we're, we're excited to be here and to get to know you better and let everybody listen to your story. We all have stories. Holly's like, oh, do we have to do this? And <laughs> yes, Holly, everybody wants to hear. I, I, right. I told my wife where we were coming. She's like, oh, I'm so excited to hear what Holly has to say. So no pressure. <laughs> no, Why don't we start, Holly, with you and, and maybe just tell the ward where you're from, a little bit about your upbringing and school and stuff like that. Um, I'm from Mesa, Arizona. I grew up there. My family all live down there still. And I don't know. I kind of had just like a regular suburban kind of upbringing. It was great. Nothing too thrilling or exciting. Um, I came up to BYU to go to college and that's where I met Danny. And, um, and then I eventually went to the U for grad school. So what'd you study? Um, I did speech pathology in grad school and down at BYU, I just, I did an English major. Okay. I just like novels. I like to read and I liked writing. So that's what I did. So you, you grew up in Mesa. That's mm. like Salt Lake City or Utah. Yes. 2A. Yes. Um, like right? our seminary had seven classes going yeah. seven in high school and seven periods of the day. So yes. Your parents still down there? My parents are still down there, and a brother and a sister, and another sister who's moving there this fall. Back, okay, moving back. And you come up to BYU, and you meet Dan. Tell us about how you met Dan. Um, we were in the same freshman ward. I didn't really know him that year because he had a girlfriend, and he liked to ski a lot. So I don't think he went to class a lot or was around a lot. I can relate with Tom Bennett that I wasn't the ideal BYU student, but I had fun. Um, but we didn't date till after his mission. So. Well, tell us how that started. Yeah. Um, let's see. We had like a freshman friends get together after all the boys from our freshman year had come back from their missions before school started. And I remember I saw you there and I knew his roommate, his old roommate better than I knew him. And I remember you called me by name. You were like, Hey Holly, how's it going? I was like, well, you know my name. (laughs) (laughs) 
And then I think that night you asked out my old roommate and friend from high school. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> asked, playing hard to get. He asked her out <laughs> and she readily agreed because she was trying to make this guy she was off and on dating really jealous. So I think you ended up asking her out in front of him. And she was like, all about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> manipulated. But since then he has said it was a terrible date. So... I'm like, okay, fine. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I'm not that mad about it. Um, and then we saw each other on campus. I don't know when, a little bit after that. And you just like walked home with me and were chatting and got my number. And then, am I telling this right? Yeah, totally. And then I think you called me and I was working and doing school. I was really busy and I didn't call you back for like a few days or something. Is this the right story? And you were going to go to Vegas with some other girl. And because and I eventually, <laughs> <laughs> no, and I eventually called you back. You like canceled on her. And then we went out that weekend. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Yep. Okay. So then first date, you're like, hmm, maybe, or I always thought he was cute. Okay. Even freshman year, I always thought he was cute. Um, He's and still he, pretty cute. He is. <laughs> Thank so you, too. Gary. <laughs> I think so too. But no, I it was he was very refreshing because he was just very upfront. He didn't play games with me. He didn't try to act too cool. He didn't like pretend he didn't see me and ignore me or flirt with somebody else in front of me. He just he didn't play any games. He was just upfront, like, I like you, like I'm here for you. Like, let's let's go out. So that was super refreshing to me. And I appreciated that. Good advice to the young men. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, he put himself totally out there and he like wasn't worried about being rejected. Maybe because he was so handsome. He knew that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't a possibility. So how long did you, did, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> how long did you guys date? Now let's see. We went out in the fall, I think by like New Year's, we were, we were like boyfriend, girlfriend. And then I graduated in the spring. So I was done with school and I told him I would stick around for the summer. But then if we weren't engaged, I was leaving. <laughs> so a little bit of an ultimatum, but it was, it was just because I was ready to move on and go figure myself out. I do remember he, you being like, what? Like, you're going to move home with your parents? I was like, well, y yes, that's step one. <laughs> step one, yes. Step two, I'll figure it out. But I didn't really have a plan, but I just knew I was ready to move on to something else. So, so Dan, did the ultimatum help? I, I tease her that up. I tease her now that she proposed to me. Yeah. Because that's the way it felt. Yeah. <laughs> it's either we're we're together or I'm moving away. So I felt like, all right, well, it would, we better get serious about this and, and figure this out because Yeah. And and it was pretty easy. Once we started dating, it was just easy. It it wasn't we, neither one of us are games players or um and yeah. it, it was just easy. We just wanted to be with each other. And not dating other people wasn't a struggle at all. It wasn't even a thought. So it was it was really natural for us. And it's still I feel like it's still really natural for us where we just want to be together and we enjoy each other's company. And the even though I'd only been home for from my mission for 
a year when, when we were having this conversation, it, it didn't worry me. It was just really natural and smooth all the way through that process. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, Dan, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Sure. Uh, I was born country. I grew up in Star Valley, Wyoming, a uh, small town in western Wyoming. Afton, as you drive through, is where I grew up. My family had been there for five generations, so it was a long time in Star Valley. Some of the first settlers were my family, and just reading about their struggles, they were tough hombres. It was hard, hard, hard. Well, living. I didn't know that Star Valley is really Starvation Valley, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I always thought Star, well, it's got to be like really nice if it's Star and then it's like, well, that's actually short for Starvation. Um, I have never heard that. that. There's is a that... couple of different stories. I, I, I've heard that and I've also heard where one of the early Mormon apostles climbed up and, and proclaimed this the star of all valleys. They like the pretty version. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. version. Tyler's version is very accurate with my family history because they talk about bringing their livestock right into their dugout one-bedroom homes to keep them alive in the wintertime and feeding them the straw out of their beds just to keep them alive and digging. You know, you could, couldn't even see the top of their cabins. And then you've got a two, two maybe three-month growing season in the summer, and then you've got to survive the winter. So they, they were tough. Yeah. They were tough. and. But my family stuck around. I, my grandparents were very influential in my life. I was lucky to grow up with them, all of their kids uh, and grandkids. I grew up with them, so I grew up with all of my cousins. My grandparents put a ton of time and effort into us. My grandpa, he had a small town law firm. Um, he had an outfitting business, put himself through law school, uh, sold his outfitting business. Uh, he was taking hunters out in the thoroughfare, just in the Yellowstone, high mountain Yellowstone backcountry. And uh, grew it into the, one of the biggest outfitting businesses in the West and then got out of that. It was too much work for he and my grandma. Mm -hmm. Bought uh, uh, ranches, had cattle, and, and his uh, law practice. So we grew up with my grandpa and all my cousins. He had horses intact for all of us. So we spent our summers on the ranches working cows, um, building, building, mending fences, digging ditches, uh, irrigating, all that stuff. So that was my childhood and, and all the way until I graduated from high school. I was working summer jobs, just country jobs, changing sprinkler pipes and so fixing truly, uh, fixing I mean, fences. you're a, a country kid, farm country boy, kid. Yep. Yep. country music? Oh yeah, country music. Yeah, we, right. Holly you, and I. We, did you have a tractor? <laughs> yeah, we had tractors. All right. Yeah. When we yeah. were dating, he took me on a ride in, in a tractor. Yeah, we, did he sing? It, it was a very romantic tractor, tractor ride. <laughs> <laughs> he did not, <laughs> but it was. But it was. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was my childhood. High school sports. Three. I, I played sports, but it wasn't hard. Small town Wyoming. You could be. So which high school was it? Star Valley High School. Star Valley, Star High Valley school. Braves. Yep. You had to play all sports, right? All sports. Yep. That was just the deal. They needed yep. all of you. You didn't yeah. even have to be an athlete. You were a three yeah. sport athlete. It's Come on, much we're playing. Different what are we here. playing now? <laughs> well, it's football season, so we're playing, playing football. football. Yeah, <laughs> the right. kids grow up strong. They don't need a weight room. Yeah, our, when our, you grow up on our a football ranch. team was tough, but our wrestling team was really awesome, tough. Yeah. Yeah. Rulon Gardner was a couple years older than me, and he was a tough kid. Oh, and, oh that's right. Yeah. Rulon. Yep. He would hay the pasture right behind my parents' house. And yeah, so we, we grew up with the gardeners. So you were probably all over that Olympics watching him, weren't you? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. He was well, older than me. I didn't know him. For, he probably wouldn't know me, but I, yeah, I but definitely still. knew him. He was a big old kid in high school. I was an elementary kid, but watching him, he was a brute. Yeah. Um, yeah, so grew up country, uh, sports during the wintertime and, and cowboy jobs during the summertime. Just 
running around with my my friends and pick up trucks and shirts off and it was awesome i love growing so up so you come from pioneer heritage is yep 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 my uh both both sides came across uh martin handcart company stories and yeah pioneer stories for sure so how'd you get out of starvation or i should say star <laughs> valley the star of all valleys yes. yeah yeah well, I, I knew I was going to go on a mission, but I wanted to go to a year of college. It was 19 at the time. And so one of my grandpa's legacies is he put all of his grandkids through college. And so all of us, every single one of his grandkids got a college degree, which is just, he's, he's passed away, but I'm sure he's proud of that. That's awesome. And so everybody moved away. I knew I was going to go to college and education was really important to my grandparents and my parents, even though I grew up country. So they did their best to give us culture and travel and come down to the Capitol Theater and do all that stuff. So they, they tried to get us out a, a little bit too and open up our minds and horizons a little bit. So I was I was open to a lot of options. I, I narrowed it down to two coming out of high school. I was first gonna go on a mission and then I was weighing Air Force Academy versus BYU. The rest of my siblings had gone to BYU. Uh, my dad and grandpa knew me and knew how I am and they, they were they they thought the Air Force Academy was a good fit for me. My grandpa was a good friend with our state senator. Yeah. A, a little discipline. A little more routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a natural yeah, born rule follower. A, that says a lot. And and I embarrass Holly even today that it's I am not a natural born rule follower. No, so. Like the rules are for everyone else. They're not for him. <laughs> I like in a good way, right? It's true though. No, you, but you've taught me like you can actually like push a lot of rules and boundaries and like you don't need to stop for three seconds. It's fine. You don't need to stop for <laughs> three like, seconds. And I'm like, okay, you're right. It's fine. <laughs> Spirit of the walk. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, uh, it sounds like you had an amazing grandfather and grandmother. Yep. I really they had yeah. a huge influence on huge you. Huge influence. Tell yep. us about them a little bit. What what they did that really influenced was you. Was this about. on your dad's side? Or this what? is my mom's parents. Uh -huh. Yep. Yep. And their their last name is Frome. My middle name's Frome, so I carry a lot of that DNA. Mm -hmm. Jackson, my son's middle name is Frome. It's it's they were very influential in my life and had a very positive influence. And I think a lot of it was just time. It's like the old Mormon commercials and it's, it's all about time. And so they spent summers with us. My grandpa would take us on adventure trips. He took us on deep sea fishing trips and he, he just spent a lot of time with us. And most of the time it was getting kicked around on his ranches for a dollar a day or at least, you know, lunch. Did we got lunch out it? of it. Just working. Yep. So he'd take us out riding and working and we'd work cows all day or work fences or irrigate. And we'd, we'd spend weeks at a time at some of his more remote places and just work. He, he loved ranches and he loved the land, even though he was an attorney. He just really loved. That was his love. The cattle take business. hunting? Yeah, yep. He took us hunting. We grew up uh, hunting all over the state of Wyoming. Anything we'd we'd go out and we'd shoot a thousand rounds at squirrels on his ranches, <laughs> or we'd go on deer hunts and elk hunts, and yeah, we'd hunt rattlesnakes. Anything that we could find, we'd hunt with him. Was your dad <laughs> going with you on these, or just with grandpa? Just with my grandpa. My my dad. He he was a little. He grew up in California and uh, met my mom at BYU, went to, to law school at the U, and my grandpa wanted to keep his family together, so he made a place for my dad in his law practice. So uh, my dad's a CPA and an attorney, so he started his own practice, not as much on the litigation side, but more on the estate planning and tax side. So he had a great practice in small town Wyoming too, just because he was specialized and could do that kind of work. 
So my dad was more of the, my, my parents are a little more environmentally conscious. So they're hikers, they're, they're hikers and national park people. Mm-hmm. So we got that side from my parents and my grandpa was a little more on the rough and tough side, <laughs> mm. which, which was a, it was a, a good perspective. And, um, so yeah, I grew up doing both of those things, but spending a ton of time with my grandparents, we had Sunday dinner at their house with the whole family. And my grandpa has a ranch that we still own today that we'd go to for a week every summer and ride horses. So we just spent a, a ton of a time together. And I think that was the, the big part. And as we got older, he was very gentle with his advice, but you, he, so when he said it, it meant something. It wasn't just constant you advice. You, probably, you bonded with him and you had a relationship. So when he said something, you'd like to heart. missionary service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for my my parents are are very involved in the church. It's very important to them, and always were very orthodox growing up. And it was toe the line kind of growing yep. up with them. My my grandpa was not involved with the church, and my grandma wasn't for a very long time. Hmm. So he he um, knew about it and supported our missions. He's glad that we did that, um, but he was um, it, it was just wasn't important to him. Yeah, and so it, he wasn't involved. He'd go on Christmas. Mother's Day, he'd come to a sacrament meeting, but mm-hmm. otherwise he, he was out. He was either in his office or out on his ranches. So, so then you decide to go to BYU. Mm-hmm. I did. It was a tough decision, uh, but I decided it was between uh, coming from a pretty toe-the-line family, going to the Air Force Academy. I knew that what that was going to look like. I chose, I wanted to chase girls, so I chose <laughs> BYU. Not many people <laughs> would no think one. of... <laughs> Freedom, chasing girls, and BYU. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That doesn't seem like freedom to <laughs> but a lot of people. Air Force Academy. <laughs> it is. I, I loved it. Freshman year. Both of us talk about our freshman year at BYU. I'm, I'm grateful I chose it. I wasn't sure I was going to get in. I wasn't sure which one was my safety school, Air Force Academy or BYU, because sure. both of them were tricky to get yeah, into. Yeah, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, it went started summer school at BYU and loved it. Went, went for a year and um, then went on a mission. was called the Mexico City. So I served in the Mexico City East Mission under John Pingree, Sr. Mm. Um, great, great president. I uh, just love him. Uh, he's since passed away, but had a hard experience, but a great experience. Glad I did it, but I was happy to come home. Holly mentioned the girlfriend I had freshman year. When I got back, she was still around, and she, you know, in a quiet moment, she asked me, was it just, did you just love every minute? I said, no, it was hard. I, did, I absolutely did not. It was hard work. Yeah. <laughs> I was a field grunt. I always envied the the uh, financial secretary because he got to drive around in the car and pass out money all day. But <laughs> I, I've, that's my role as being a field grunt. So I got hard mission companions and I tried to keep them in the field. And so that was that was my mission. It was it was tough and I was happy to come home. But she, that didn't sit well with her, so she dumped me. And so I was available at our, fresh, or our uh, post-mission party to... Make eyes at Holly. You know who doesn't come home from their mission? Farmers. Those kids, I mean, they learn how to work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, mission's just part of the Athletes and farmers. Athletes and farmers. They learn discipline and hard work. That's a good Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, I I wasn't going to quit. It was hard, but I wasn't going to quit. And um, I'm really, really glad I did it. And it still influences my life. And But, boy, I was a wide-eyed country kid going to Mexico City. (laughs) Yeah, that's a long ways from Star Valley. Yeah. I mean, that's a different world. Yeah. Loved it. Mexico street food is as good as it gets. I love Mexico. I love Latin culture. I love the Latin people. And it's we still, that's one of our favorite places. Yeah. Do you get to use the language much nowadays? Yeah. Or? We, it, it's, it is, it's 
somewhat difficult, but um, building a house, I had every day I had the opportunity to speak with those guys. And Holly and I love to go with her family down to Mexico. We try to do that every year. And so, yeah, I, I try to keep up on it, but it's getting harder now. It's been 20 years, so it's a little trickier than it used to be to come up with the right words and phrases. Wait, you're that old? There's no way. <laughs> yeah. 40, 42. Yep. Yeah. Born, born in <laughs> 80. no way. <laughs> yeah, born in 1980. Graduated high school, Star Valley High School in 98 and BYU in 2004. Great. Yep. So then you come home and obviously we heard the story about uh, uh, meeting Holly and getting married. And then, mm -hmm. uh, so what did you study and tell us about your, your career? Sure. Um, yeah, I graduated in 2004. So I, I continued through school. Holly was done and working and supporting us. And I, I, the idea of flying fighter jets hadn't left me. And so mm. I thought I can still go to BYU and join the Air Force you coming out as gun. an officer. So that, that was the plan. And so I, I decided at least one of the plans. I drove Holly crazy. There were, with all there the were several plans. I'm like, wait, wait. When we got married, you said you wanted to go to dental school. Her dad's a dentist, so <laughs> that, was like, oh. that was very comfortable. Wait, wait, wait. He just said that. No, no, no. Uh, you got to say certain things to get a cat yeah. to like Holly. And well, and then he was like, "What if we go live in Wyoming and I do cattle like my grandpa?" And I was like, "Look at that!" If you could see her eyes right like, now, uh, that was a, that was an know option. This was a possibility. <laughs> I wasn't very open to that at the time. But I would be now more. Anyway. No, we no, love not, not, no, 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 no. This isn't the I, point I of this podcast. I could handle it now, but then I was like, You're staying. Uh, there's not even a Target or a Walmart yeah. uh, for like, you have to drive like three hours to get to one. I'm like, no. Yeah, school shopping was to Salt Lake City for us. And then yeah. there was maybe, you were thinking about law school. Mm -hmm. And then. So anyway, I, I studied yeah. engineering because they wanted guys that were six feet tall, 2020 vision, engineering degrees, 185 pounds. And I've, I fit all that, at least at the time. And so I thought, this is still an option. So I got an engineering degree. Didn't love it, didn't fit in, but I, I did it. The social part of BYU was great. The scholastic part was tough, um, but I knew I was setting myself up with options. And that's what one thing I learned from my grandpa is set yourself with options. That's what you want in life are options. And so I... Graduated with an engineering degree and interviewed with the Air Force. I went through all of the testing um, requirements, uh, application process, and then it got to the physical health form. And um, this was weeks later. I thought this might work out after going through all that. And I had a knee injury skiing my freshman year of college. I blew out a knee tore, uh, and had a bone tendon bone replacement in my knee, ACL replacement, and I had a couple metal screws in my knee and as soon as they found out that I had foreign metal objects in my body I was out no mm. questions asked really yep, done they just they just put a big x through all my paperwork and said sorry you can be you can potentially uh, fly helicopters uh, you can have some other officer job where you've got a, 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 a degree college degree but you are not going to be sitting in a fighter jet and so because of the g-force yeah what have the way they explained it to me is what happens is under g-forces uh blood clots will form uh, on foreign metal objects and work their way up to your brain and they oh. don't want you to crash a 180 million dollar f-35 these days so that was that was interesting yep. no, yeah and they, they had there were enough people interested at the time that there were no exceptions yeah just cherry pick yep they can cherry pick 
Yeah, and still can. Yeah, I mean yeah. those those guys that are and gals currently the yeah the lead uh, uh, demo pilot at Hill Air Force Base is female Kristen Wolf. Mm -hmm. She is awesome. So anyway, you you've, you are a perfect specimen if you're sitting in one of those. <laughs> so it wasn't me. So then I had to decide what I wanted well, to do. Take care of that option. Yep, done. Which was good. That one's off the table, and. Uh, I knew I didn't love my engineering internships. I had summer internships, a couple through college. I didn't love sitting behind a computer doing design work. So I just started looking at sales jobs. I knew uh, technical sales was a hot market and there were good options and I could kind of pick and choose where I wanted to be. And so I felt like I could do it. I felt like I was social enough and I had the technical background to do it. So I just started interviewing for sales jobs. And um, uh, one of the jobs that came up was working for the train company, which is a commercial HVAC manufacturer. And, um, the recruiter was there for, he was scheduled to be there all week, interviewing candidates all week, engineering and, uh, construction management graduates, uh, for a sales job in Salt Lake. And I love the Rocky Mountains and I loved Wyoming. I thought this might be a great fit. I could live close to home, be in the city, which Holly was more comfortable with at the time. And we're kind of halfway in between home for both of us, Arizona, Wyoming, and living in Salt Lake is sounds great. And so we were really comfortable with the location and, um, interviewed with him. And I was luckily on the first, first half of the first day, because after that he got the stomach flu, went home. So he only interviewed for half a day out of the whole week. So I felt like I got pretty lucky with that and was offered the job after a, a series of interviews. So started with train back in 2004, um, technical sales, calling on consulting engineers, mechanical contractors, building owners who are doing big commercial projects and have been doing it for almost still 20 years. That was great. First job out of college and I'm sticking with it. I'm still happy. I'm still the same yeah. company, same company. Yep. Is it T-R-A-N-E? Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's funny. Holly's dad asked me when I told him I was going to start working for the train companies. He looked at me. He's like, well, yeah. how, how did you? Well, engineer, how, train company. Yeah, I mean, it I'm all. working for the railroad. Yeah. That's what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, so where, where like, do you work? What no, do you do for the yeah, railroads? Not the railroad. <laughs> yeah, huh. so it's been, it's been great. Uh, independent uh, job. I um, just enjoy it. I don't travel much. I'm home at night, which I like. I have a lot of freedom and flexibility. Basically running my own business, I can uh, just kind of set up my own team and and manage it how I like, and just don't. make one or two sales a year, and you're set. I wish, but mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, I've turned into more of an elephant hunter mm -hmm. over time. Yeah. Instead of scratching and clawing for every deal, I can pick yeah. and choose a little bit more and and whittle down the account list, which has been great. So I can work with the people who I really enjoy working with and who we value each other's others commitment to what we're doing well you well, sales guys got to stay together so yeah mm -hmm. i'm in yeah i love it all right that's fantastic so while you were supporting him through school holly mm -hmm. what were what how, how were you doing that what was i doing yeah um after i graduated from byu i worked as like just like a front desk at a company and it was so boring i was like forget this i've got to find something else so i did that for a year and then I was like oh I have a grad I have a college degree I've got to do something else then I sold uh airplane parts for a year at a mm. company it was like like rubber o-rings and gaskets mm -hmm. and stuff 
it was more like customer service than anything. That was at least a little more interesting, but I was in a meeting and they were talking about like pneumatic engines and I'm like, no, this is not for me. <laughs> but you got a master's in, did you say speech therapy? So then I'm like, I'm going to go back to school. So yes. Oh, that's, oh, that's what drove that. Yeah. I'm like, what am I doing? This is not for me. So then I, he started, we like kind of switched. He was done with school. He started working. I went back to school. And so I went to the U and I got, I um, did speech therapy. And then I worked at LDS hospital after and um, the Murray hospital when that opened up and I did acute care on the floors mm -hmm. and in the ICU. And I did a little bit of outpatient. I actually went to school and worked with Audrey Walker. Oh yeah. So actually when we were going to buy this house, I'm like, I just have to go look at the ward. I just have to like, cause I don't know if you know this, but people <laughs> out that don't live in the cove are like, don't move to the cove. There's no kids in the cove. Don't go to the cove. And so I'm like, I just have to see if there's some kids in there. Just a few. I just need a few. doesn't have to be a lot. So I went to the ward. And when I walked in in the foyer, Josh Walker was sitting in the foyer and um, with one of his little kids. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Audrey's yeah. in this ward. And so I'm like, we're going to be fine. <laughs> well, you can't say that anymore. You go well, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there's tons of kids. Thanks to you, Audrey Walker. Yep. I know. Thank you to yeah. Josh for taking Josh. whatever child it was out to the Thank foyer. You. I was like, we're going to be fine. And so, who are these so, people that are bagging on the cove? Because you know, I've gonna, got people that know people. We can I, handle this. I don't, I don't want to name. You names. don't mess with They're the cove. They're good people. They're nice people. I mean, I had just misinformed. I had someone tell me, I just moved from the cove. And I hated it. She's like, I hated the school. This is when we're building, we're already building our house up here. And she's like, I hated the school. I hated my ward. I hated the street. I hated it. I'm like, wow. I'm hmm. like, well. She probably hates her new place. There's always one. <laughs> There's always well, one. I, we're, we're building a house. So I guess we're going to move there. Well, we sure I'm sure out. it'll work out. Yeah. Anyway. That's there, awesome. But we love it. And so we spread the good news yeah. of the cove yes. everywhere we, we go. Love it. We just, we feel lucky to be here. <laughs> I, every, every day it's as I drive away, I just feel so fortunate that we were able to find a spot and it worked out. And we just feel really, really blessed that a, yeah. a bunch of things came together to make it all work out. So, so awesome. we're, yeah. we're lucky and really happy. And at this point, we're just going to have a verbal contract that you're never going to move out of the ward, right? No, we don't want to. Right. It's we are definitely roots people. We're not wings people. Yeah. So we Good. like, yeah, yeah. we are roots people. We like to kind of stay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, just shifting gears a little bit. Um, so good. A lot of this I didn't know. So this is, I didn't know the train. I didn't know that you were an engineer on the railroad. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Holly's dad. I know. But uh, let's, let's switch over to more of your spiritual journey. Um, and Dan, we'll start with you on this one. Give us an idea of, you know, your testimony, how it came to be, uh, any wake up moments that you've had or, you know, tell us what that looks like in your life. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a really dedicated home. And so my parents had were good examples of, of dedication to the church. 
and I, I think I'm still developing that spiritual side where um, my grandpa's outlook on things was you make your own luck and you work hard. And the harder I work, the luckier I get. Self-reliant. Don't rely on anybody else. And I think that kind of passes over to my spiritual journey as well, where it's hard for me to rely on others or want to not rely on them, but put somebody out. If, you, if, if the job needs done, you just do it. You know, I'd even, I still do this. I, I, our last house, I basically moved out of it myself. I just didn't want to ask anybody for help. And I think I'm learning that um, asking for help or relying on others isn't weakness. It's really a strength. I've always, you know, I've always respected the tough guy and the cowboy and the, and the get, get it done, get the job done kind of thing. And so I think as, as I've grown up and I've met a very sweet person who is, has a more tender side than I grew up with has really, really helped me to recognize that a lot of the things that I probably attributed to luck or hard work in my life was probably more on the spiritual side. And it's taken time to recognize that. Um, but as I grow and, um, and look at things with that perspective and have kids who are having conversations about the meaning of life and why are we here? And we talk about what's the worst thing that could happen to us. It's, you know, you know, something bad. How do you talk about that when something bad happens and having a way to talk about that? I'm just so grateful to have the gospel. I think it just really brings me peace and comfort knowing just the simple things that the gospel brings. Um, I think I'm still developing spiritually. I'm still figuring this stuff out and um, learning to rely on it. I think I've always had a, a belief that there's more to life and a hope that we're together forever. And that's just so comforting to me as I get older and have, have kids and people that I love. It's, it's like the Garth Brooks song, it, the older I get, the more I have to lose. And I just feel like um, as, as a young person, you have less to lose and you can take more risk and that changes over time. And I feel like I don't want to risk anything. I, I, I look at families, really successful families, and they're, uh, on average, they're, they have better luck if they're dedicated to the church and dedicated to the gospel, and they're trying to help others and serve others and have a, a spiritual outlook. I love that. And so I'd, I, I, that's <clears throat> becoming more and more important to me all the time. And I think we're, we're not great at everything, and we don't do everything, but we try, and we try to do our best, and we try to raise our kids with purpose more than ourselves. And I think the church is awesome at, at giving us that as a guide. So I'm really, really grateful for that. And we've, we've just made the decision, um, regardless of the spiritual side. It's just the people that we really, really respect, like the three of you sitting here, are what we want our family to look like. And so I think we just, I think there's success that comes from surrounding yourself with good people and people that care about you. I mean, how many people would love to have neighbors come and sit down with them and talk about their lives and let them gush about their spouse or whatever? But it's it's great, and, and so I think we're all of that together is kind of my journey. I, I would say. So, so, so you your testimony is is there's a lot of logic in it. It sounds to Very me practical, right? It's like this just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I think both of us are very yeah, well, practical. Holly, tell us about a little bit about your, your journey. Yeah, how, how does that work for you? I'm. I think um, I grew up in the church, and uh, both my parents did. And I grew up in Mesa, which is like Little Salt Lake, like yeah. you said. Um, and 
I think it just has always felt right to me. I think I've had um, spiritual experiences along the way, nothing huge and grand, but just moments all along my life. And I've had jobs where I didn't, I worked on Sundays and I just always felt the pull that like I wanted to be at church on Sundays. I didn't, I, and I missed it when I didn't have it. You know, even just if you go to church, you have that opportunity of like some peace and some quiet and time to self-reflect. And just, I mean, if you just go to church, you get some of that. Maybe not a lot when you have little kids that are crawling all over you, but um, you get that. And there's other ways to carve that out in your life, but it's easy if you just go to church, it's there for you, or just go to the temple, it's there for you. So I've always enjoyed attending church. And um, I was talking to somebody one time and I was like, you know, it, it just works for me and it makes sense for me and it's what I want to do. It's my culture, it's my heritage, it's my family, it's my faith, it's just, it's my community and uh, there's nowhere else I really would rather be, so. So if you miss church on a Sunday. Well, it does happen sometimes. I mean, I'm not you saying do, I, get, I get there every single right, Sunday. But when you do, it's fair to say there's a void there for you. Yeah, I, I felt like when I was regularly missing church for work, I felt that absence in my life, yeah. And I always, and I felt that difference. Yeah, just being in places where you have the chance to feel the spirit, it just, it fills my, I don't know, my yeah. cup or my yeah. soul or whatever. It just does. And yeah, I don't know. I absolutely love that. No, I do. <laughs> Is that and good? Just, do you need more? No, no. I but But I do want to bring in, you know, you've got three kids, right? Yes. And um, how, like, as you're raising, I mean, we're all learning on how to, you know, raise kids in the gospel, but what have you found and what are the things you're trying to do you might not be perfect at to help them, you know, feel the spirit and understand these same things that you practically understand yourself? We're looking for parent hacks for <sighs> us with kids that need help too. Boy, we looked at other parents. I, I grew up with neighbors that would report on me to my parents, and I feel like we get that here. I, I, I just love the fact that we're surrounded by people that look out for each other and look yeah. out for each other's kids. Uh, I, I don't know if we have any hacks, but we're, we watch other people for hacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, let's try to be more like them. I think a lot of it for us is relationship. Holly's just so kind and gentle with them that they, they go to her and they look to her for advice. And she, she, she'll listen to them, whether it's good or bad news or, you know, it, it ups or downs. And through all of that, they, they know they can go and talk to her, which is awesome. I didn't ever do that with my parents. I didn't go and sit down and talk with them. And so just, I think the time and relationship that you've built with them is really, really awesome. But that's the same thing you said about your grandpa, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you spell love? T-I-M-E. Yep. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So there's definitely a generational connection there. 
Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ways to live the gospel in your life. And there's not just one path. And it, I guess I try, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say that I don't have fear that one of my kids might like go off the rails sure. in life, but I guess I try to not have fear and be like, it's okay. I'm instilling them with good values and morals and knowledge that they're here for a reason and they were made by God and he loves them. You know, maybe in life they'll go away from church, but raising them in it, learning to feel the spirit, maybe they'll be like me where I miss that if I didn't have it. And I'll, and they'll come back to that. I'm not saying I know everything or that, I mean, my kids aren't adults and I'm sure there's a lot more letting go and fear that comes as they get older, but I, I try to think about that and move forward that way. I don't Holly, know. that's, I, you know, that's, I really that's agree, great. Gary. Yeah, because if you're too strict, you know, kids, uh, they rebel from that. Mm-hmm. But if you just show them through example and uh, why it's important, uh, they can see that, oh, this is a good thing. And I think that's yeah. a great way to raise these kids. I don't know. At some Not point, to they have too, to choose. And so ho- choose anyway. it, rather than just postponing that day, helping them choose earlier and and every day that this is important to me i I want this and honoring their journey we talk about honoring their journey and just letting them choose that because you can force and force and force and but at some point in time they're going to move move off to college or move away or whatever and they have to choose that's it's all on them well we've seen your kids they love being with you guys well so far i mean they're not (laughs) they're just barely into the teenage years so they we love some, your we, adventures and being as a family. They do. But so I mean, we, we still have some experience to have. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but, but I do want to connect this dot. I think this is important. Holly, as you shared that, um, there's no doubt in my mind you're speaking truth because I could feel the spirit confirming it. Um, it was very, it's like, that's, that's profound. That's good. That's gospel. That's, that's what God wants. So I, 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 but they'll come back to him. Yeah. If they ever go away from him, that they'll come back to him. I love that. And we have one of the, the, the mighty kings of you know raising kids in the gospel here with Tom. I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, with all your experience. Well, you, you compliment me more than I deserve. That's for sure. But I've always felt that the best thing is to try to help your children reach out to find out for themselves. Yeah. Because uh, eventually they have to lean on their on their own testimonies as opposed to their parents or someone else. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued about your grandfather because it just shows that someone who maybe wasn't as founded in the gospel had qualities that he he was able to pass along to you that that were just as valuable as maybe some of the principles that we get in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think we all need to remember that, that everything isn't surrounded about gospel principles. Not that everything we do doesn't maybe isn't a gospel principle, but we don't sometimes relate a work ethic 
or you know, work until you got the job done. We often don't relate that to the gospel teachings, but it really truly is, and I think that showed showed up in your grandfather. Mm -hmm. Well, truth is truth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna move to the to the final question. Um, this has just been so good. I don't necessarily want to wrap it up, um, but. We will, for those of you that are folding laundry, going on a walk right now, we're going to ask the, the question, um, and, and Holly, we'll start with you. Um, and here's the question. In 100 years, long after we're gone, your posterity is listening to this very podcast. Okay, so just think about that. You're, if you could listen to your great-great-great-grandmother's 100-year-ago uh, uh, interview, how... How valuable would that be to you, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you have the opportunity right now. And the question is, what do you want your posterity in 100 years when they're listening to this very podcast to know about your husband, Dan? Um, well, we've talked about his work ethic, but I mean, it, it is like pretty amazing. <laughs> and not to say I grew up lazy, but I watched a lot of TV. I, you know, I had a few jobs. I didn't do a lot, but being with him and his family, I mean, they, they know how to, they know how to get something done and that he worked hard, that he was somebody you can rely on to get something done. Or if you called him, he will be there. And he is that way for friends. He's that way for neighbors. He's that way for our family, for our children, for me. I mean, yeah, he's kind of the go-to person for his parents. Like he's the go-to person and that he was that, that person that you could call and rely upon for so many people. So. Love that. Yeah. Dan, your turn. I would say that it, it sounds kind of selfish, but it's a compliment of Holly, but I am a much better human being with Holly than I'm not. And I notice that even when she's gone for a weekend, it's not just, you know, growing up or around, I've spent more than half my life with Holly now. And so I just feel like I'm a better human, even over the short term when she's around and just being in her presence, she's, she's tempered me a lot. I th I would say that my family likes me more now that I'm married with Holly and they they love they love Holly. Your sister has said that. My mom my mom says that too. Oh, she does. Yeah. She apologizes <laughs> to Holly because Jackson to Holly is what I was to her. So she knows what Holly's going through. <laughs> yeah. She also said this is payback. <laughs> and I'm like, I did not do anything yeah, to you. Yeah. Why am I in this <laughs> equation? I have to deal with this. <laughs> Jackson's coming around. He's a, he he's is. a good He's dude. awesome. Because <laughs> he's going to be listening to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40 years. One day. <laughs> yeah. Holly okay. tempers, tempers me, makes me a, a much better person. And um, Growing up, I had great friends, and now I have Holly, who have always protected me and, and not given me the option to to do something stupid or get off the path or just wander too much. And so I just I, I attribute a lot of my growing up and, and success and who I am to my grandparents, parents, and grandparents. And but 
Holly has been a as just as big and more now more an, of an influence on me and to what really matters on being a better person and and Aww. and just happiness and I just feel like it's life is calm and life is sweet and um, the uh, the moments are just just more enjoyable with Holly. I think I have a tendency to just chop, chop, chop. She teases me that I love to-do lists and I love checking things off of a to-do list. I do. I love that. But to, to slow down and look at the bigger picture, especially with our family as we're doing things and treat them with gentleness and kindness. It's not all about getting things done and just do what I say. It's, it's more about the relationship that we're forming with them and how we treat them. And even from little babies, she'd talk about how they're just, they're humans. You, 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 they're, they're an individual and a, a person. And Holly has a great gift of looking at people as individuals and looking at them as um, beings that matter and that we should care about and we should treat gently and kindly. And um, it, it, it's true. That's awesome. it, it's really true and so i think that's that's a selfish compliment to holly that i'm just oh. i am a much much better person and um she she is amazing so i feel lucky to be married to her and oh. go going through life with her and raising kids with her our kids are lucky that she's their mom oh. what a treat uh, <laughs> what an absolute treat to to be here in the golding house t tonight and to hear of this so you know i'm we all just love having you guys in the neighborhood, you in the ward and part of this struggle that we're all on, you know, and uh, just a fabulous family. So thank you so much. Well, thanks for the visit. It's super thank nice you. to have you here. This is amazing we went, what you're doing. We went deep here. Yeah, we went I know. Deep. We're usually not so serious. Yeah. We're usually not so that's good. Sometimes I don't know. it's good Maybe to talk about these things. Maybe we don't have enough jokes yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. We needed a few more jokes. No.